welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae with me as usual. Let's get into the A block and let's start by talking about uh, teams that just kind of made their appearance known. Uh, I have not given Buffalo Gap a lot of credit. Uh, I said on the pregame show that on the radio that I have to remind myself that Buffalo Gap's three and one because I just don't think of them as a three and one team the way they've played this year. Well, they went out and they steamrolled Waynesboro, a team that I did like, uh, and they beat them forty six to seven in a game they absolutely dominated. Yeah, I mean it was. I, I guess what I said last week. I don't know if I said on the podcast. I know it's on the radio. It was kind of you know this new new upstart from Waynesboro against the tradition of what Buffalo Gap is. And what the traditional Buffalo Gap is, is a playoff team. I mean, they make the playoffs seems to be year after year uh, when they do have a little dip outside of the playoffs. It doesn't last long. And, and they, I, I've said it, they tend to win a game that you don't expect them to win every year. I don't know if this was that. I, and I know they hope it, this wasn't that I know they're hoping it comes up against, you know, Riverheads draft or Wilson, but you know, they came out and played strong and, and I, I'm not even, I, I really don't think this is that because I do think that uh, they just showed they were the better team. It wasn't just that they eked it out or pulled it out or scored one more time. I mean, they just showed dominance from early. I mean, they uh, traded scores early and then got a big defensive stop early in that football game. And then it was all gap from there. It just kind of took the wind out of the sails for Waynesboro and, and gap just, kind of did the traditional gap thing from there and just ran the ball and scored. They didn't need to throw the ball. We, we talk about what Curtis Lowe needs to do developing his passing. They didn't need him throwing the ball a bunch. I mean, it was helpful right before the half to score a 15-yard touchdown through the air, but that wasn't the difference in the ball game. So it, I, I was impressed that gap showed up and played that well. And at the same time, I was, I was disappointed. I, Waynesboro can lose that game and I won't be disappointed, but the way they lost that, I was. Yeah. I thought, they kind of just got bullied. You know, that, that's, that was my takeaway from that game, is they just got absolutely bullied in that ball game from start to finish. I mean, the referees seemed to kind of bully the, the game a little bit at some points. There was oh, okay. some strange you mentioned calls. The pass. Very, you mentioned like, the uh, passing touchdown. I, I, I do want to touch on that because... A penalty right before that, yeah. You have a dead ball offsetting penalties, right. and you replay the down. It's not a thing. You don't replay that. It's a dead ball. So the yeah. officials didn't really seem to know what the rules were. And that, and that uh, intentional grounding earlier in the game. That was on like, Waynesboro. That was a bad call. What uh, was the, that? He is so far outside the tackle box. I, and yeah. the ball's through the end zone. So it's beyond the line of scrimmage. I don't know. It's just being an official is hard, but sometimes they make it really hard on themselves by either not being able to read or choosing not to read a rule book. So I don't know. I, I was impressed. I mean, we have some stats of the three different running backs with over 100 yards, both the Hildebrand boys and the Alphen kid. And then Alphen had three touchdowns mm-hmm. to go with his 121 yards. What impressed me was Buffalo Gap. I, I was like, all right, where were they on third down conversions? Um, they, were, they were four for five on third down conversions. And I was like, wait a minute. They only had five third downs in this game? They had 
nine first downs on first down. So they get a first down and then immediately get another first down. Nine of their, uh, how many ever, 22 first downs or whatever it was. And six of those were 20-yard plays. So they would get a little, you know, they'd use their momentum. And that's what I think stood out without looking at the stats. You could just see them run nine, 12 yards a carry. And it was just so impressive that, that they were just overrunning this team. And not that I think Waynesboro's defense coming into this game was something you could hang your hat on, but that they just came out and just just rolled them like you would expect traditionally these last couple of years for Gap to beat Waynesboro. When Waynesboro is improved, I know they're two and four. I know we keep talking them up. They're improved. I mean, they, they have a team that's improvement. Um, it does make me pump the brakes about them wiping away the Valley District. I still think they're going to have some wins up there. I still think Spotswood's very vulnerable. I'm not sold on Broadway. We'll see about TA and we'll see about um, Harrisonburg. The one other one. Yeah, I guess. Is it Harrisonburg or is it Rockbridge? Rockbridge is the other one. They don't Rock play Bridge. Harrisonburg. Okay. So um, I think, yeah, I think those other three I'm, I'm not ruling out, but I am pumping my brakes. The TA one, I'll, I'll wait till I get there before I start picking that game. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I was disappointed in Waynesboro. I, it's like they couldn't live up to the moment. I think it had built up to that. I think there was a little hype around that game. They had the radio there. They had the paper there. I don't, I don't know if the kids pay attention to the, where the media is at, but there was a lot of attention on that game. I think TV3 was talking about it being a big game of the week. So it had a lot of talk, and then only one team came out and played their best. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no, no arguing that, and I thought, no. you know, you were talking about Buffalo Gap. The, the thing I noticed, too, was – there was only one drive Buffalo Gap didn't score. It was the first drive of the yeah. second half. That was where I thought, you know, if Waynesboro was going to come back, they needed that stop. They got that stop. And then they didn't do anything with it. I thought the – that was – I've loved Coach Jarvis and what he has done there. But running the Wildcat on your first drive of the second half for two, the first two plays and putting yourself in a third and long – Really, in a crucial moment where you kind of need to have points on that drive, especially after getting the stop, if I think it was 28 to 7 then, if they had scored, it's 28 14. I mean, who knows what happens, but you didn't move the ball at all. You went fourth, you went forward on fourth down, didn't make it either. So that, and then Buffalo Gap scored every other drive. Uh, yeah. So. I was impressed with Buffalo Gap's offense and what Coach Wygant was able to do. They came in there with a game plan. They did a great job. I think Coach Bowers is the defensive coordinator there at Buffalo Gap now. They had an answer for Ryan Barber. They yeah. said to Waynesboro, someone named Ryan Barber, not named Ryan Barber, is going to have to beat us. And Waynesboro couldn't do it. They shut Ryan Barber down in this ballgame. That impressed the heck out of me. And it, it did leave me kind of wondering, like, where was this Buffalo Gap team when they played East Rock? How does this Buffalo Gap team only beat East Rock by one point? A team that no one has had trouble beating this year in East Rock. So it, it's it's mind-boggling. Um, makes me wonder about Loray because they lost to Loray by a point. Um, but Buffalo Gap, to their credit, they're 4-1. and one. They've got a big game with Riverheads. Don't know how that's going to go. But outside of that, I like their chances. Um, the Wilson game gets interesting now for Buffalo Gap, I think. I still, you know, we haven't seen draft in forever, uh, but I, I still think Riverheads yeah, and I draft a are a class ahead. So, <laughs> um, but Wilson may be still a class ahead despite their painful loss that we're going to talk about here in a second. But 
For me, Buffalo Gap is starting to get into that neighborhood of Wilson Memorial, that third tier. Yeah. And, and, you know, where you finish the district is something fun for us to talk about. It's not going to matter come November. You know, once, once the district uh, season is done, no one's going to talk about district that much more. You're going to be talking about playoff seating. So where but it matters Buffalo for Gap, that. Yeah, I mean, wins and losses matter, yes. But winning, maybe winning the district championship is, is really something to put on the wall. But other than that, I worry for Gap where their ranking it going into 1B is. And so they haven't put out the state rankings yet. Uh, they're delayed until next week, so we'll start having actual answers. We'll start knowing, looking at particularly Stewart's draft, we'll know what the outcomes of those games not played were, uh, if they were forfeits or not. But I'm looking at Buffalo Gap for the 1B, and I started to look at it real quick, just, okay, let me see who's, who's beat who. Well, I start looking at records. There's only four teams that have winning records. So I believe Gap will finish with a winning record. They're sitting at 4-1 and one now. They would have to lose out to have a losing record, which they won't do. They, they played some teams that I would definitely put down as wins for them. And so at worst, I kind of look for them to be six and four, and that's going to have them in that top four. I just want them to be in that two or three slot in 1B so that they don't have to play Riverheads in a region semifinal. They can wait to play Riverheads in a region final. I think Buffalo Gap is better than every other team in that region other than Riverheads, and I want them to be able to prove that. Um, and also... I, I know we're going to see Riverheads and Gap this week. I, I, if we're going to watch a region championship, I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch. I, I don't love rematches in football, but locally I think that would have a lot of hype, and I think that would be a fun thing to have for the area of here's two local teams in a region championship. I think it matters third and fourth place in the district from the standpoint that I think that's going to have a say on where Buffalo Gap is in the region. I think – they can lose three more games and still be six and four and still be the three seed in one B. We'll see. I, I think I'm if not... they beat Wilson, then they're the second seed. Well, I'd rather be a two than a three. Sure. Central Lunenburg doesn't scare me either, though. <laughs> well, but I'd rather play that game at home than having to go to Central Lunenburg or Sussex or wherever. I always think Buffalo Gap has that advantage because – Every other school in this area, you know, you get off the interstate or you drive through a little bit of town, like going to stand to the yeah. park or something. And it's, it's civilization. I think you drive to civilization and then you go out in the middle of nowhere to go to Buffalo Gap. And I think that I think there's a layer there for some of these teams coming all the way out there. And you have the mountains surrounding you. You're out in the middle of nowhere. What in, you know, that a little bit of dark feel and out there at Buffalo Gap. I think, I think home field advantage for Gap is something for for teams coming from away. Yeah. You look into that bison's eyes and oh, those bison eyes. Oh my goodness. I had forgotten about them. I hate that we're going there this week. Now I'm going to be, I'm not going to sleep this week. No. Yeah. You're (laughs) you're, going to see those red eyes in your, in your dreams. Yeah. But uh, talk about Wilson Memorial. They took their first loss of the season, 30 to six in a game that Western Hobomorrow kind of dominated. Um, it was 14, nothing at halftime, but in the second half, it got really, really away from Wilson Memorial, well, but they didn't but really that's the threaten. story though. That's the story though. That second quarter, but, uh, Wilson chose to go for it on fourth downs two times in a row. They were all on their own 47. They go for it on fourth down. Don't convert turns into a Western Omar touchdown. So then they get the ball back and they're on their own 36. They're in a worse spot. And again, they go for it. They try to make up for the last time that they didn't get it. Don't get it again. So basically, you just 
you got beat by the same decision twice. You tried to you tried to make up for your last bad decision with another bad decision. I appreciate Coach Budget. He owned it after it. He and the newspaper article. He owned it that hey, those were bad decisions at halftime. We talked about it. I I own that. But they got behind that momentum, and that's why Western took off in the second half because all the momentum was on their side. Well, I don't know if you saw this, so I, I may be asking a question you don't know the answer to. But what was the distance on those fourth downs? Like, were they fourth and ones, fourth and twos? I think it was within three. I, I think it was. Then I don't mind that. One. Being aggressive, I don't mind. On I, your own 36, I think. Own 36, maybe, not, but the 47, I don't the last care. One. The I own just, 47, you gave I the like. the short field, and you saw what happened. I, I hate giving the short field again. Confidence. Hey, he was confident in his team, and, I, and, and that's why you don't mind it. You appreciate a yeah. coach that's confident that they can get a couple yards. And it's easy to say it's bad when you don't get it. But. I, I just think the first one I would easily be like, okay, and I'll especially on your 47. Okay. But that second one I, I really don't like. But I hey, I'm actually not banging him for it. Like I said, he owned it, so I'm not I'm not riling it up. He he knows it was a mistake. Um, and he's gonna learn as a coach from that. You know, and Western Iowa is probably a better team. You know, 30 to 6 doesn't happen on one play of the football game. 30 to 6 is more than that. But they could have been in a much better position to put pressure on Western Iowa on the second half. If, if you're not giving them a short field there the second time. Yeah, maybe. But Western Auburn is undefeated. I mean, they're a good football team. So yeah, that's, that's another factor in it. And, you know, that's not they a team held, that Wilson's going to have to worry about the rest of the way. And No, and they held Noah Campbell down. That hadn't been done this season. So yeah. it's probably good for them to kind of see, okay, <laughs> this, this golden ticket that we have in Noah Campbell, who's been running 50-yard touchdowns all the time, you know, we, we got to have other options. We got to, you know, we got to learn on why he wasn't working for us. Um, you know, having some film of some mistakes in a non-district game right before you head into games, you know, not this week, but coming up with, with Riverheads and draft and then the big one against Gap we keep talking about, it's not going to hurt them to have that on film and, and learn from that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, quarterback play improving as the season goes on is going to be big for them and when they play gap, you can't get dominated at the line because we saw what happens if you let Buffalo Gap control the line of scrimmage this week when they played Waynesboro. I mean, they're going to kill you. So, yeah. yep. uh, Stanton, they were in the ball game, but they lose 16 uh, nothing. This is a game where if I'm Stanton, I'm upset because you didn't score any points. I, the defense, which has been kind of a problem for Stanton this year, is held up in this ball game. It was only 16 points. Sure. You just didn't yeah. score. And, and so for me, I think that's a problem. And, you know, you look at, you look at what happens in that ball game and man, if you, I, I said this to chip on the radio and I, I know I said it to you on the phone. If you would have told me Stanton's only given up 16 points in this ball game, yeah. I'm thinking, wow, Stanton beat Harrisonburg. So yeah. uh, the fact that they didn't, and they got shut out is just, that would be concerning for me if I'm a Stanton fan. A lot of defensive highlights right before the half. They had, um, you know, two goal line stands right before the end of the half to keep it a seven nothing ball game going into halftime. So you're right in it. Uh, they just weren't able to use that momentum that they felt coming out of that. So, um, they, you know, that's that's what happened there. The defense was not the problem. And like, uh, I mean, for a team that was giving up 34 points a game coming into that game and to only give up 16 to a Harrisburg team that's capable. Um, that's, that's great. So the offense though continues to, it's just, that's three, that's three weeks now. The offense has just not, not been there. And after that page game, when they're throwing touchdowns and running touchdown, you know, throwing two first half touchdowns against page 
and then coming back with the McKenzie kid running the ball well. I, it's all offensive line for them. It really is. Like, I think in the pregame last week we were talking about both lines, but it's offensive line. It, it, like, the defensive line can make their moments and they can make things happen, but that, that offensive line has, has gone away, and it's not going to get any easier. I mean, they, they face draft this week. That's not a line that they, they're going to be able to deal with very well. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's not – for as positive we were about Stanton after 2-0, and it's completely 180 yeah, I agree. Riverheads, Fort had buys. Larray uh, did not play draft, and that may be a forfeit win for draft. Again, like Leland said, when the VHSL ratings come out, we'll know yeah. for sure. But um, The message boards are a mess. People, Some people claim they know what that is, and other people were saying they're not seeing the same thing from their school at Larray, and then people are <laughs> fighting with each other. The message boards are a mess on there. I hate getting yeah. all those things. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the official VHSL rankings. And I would caution listeners, when you get those, don't start etching them in stone because I think that will expose, <laughs> hey, why is it this way? Yeah. <laughs> so people make some calls and maybe by the next week they'll get fixed. And we've seen that before. That's not just a post-COVID situation. Uh, but, you know, it'll give us a good idea, um, especially if things are counted as forfeits. They're probably not going to change that. But if, if there's games just missing, I think that – what you could still be wondering about, but it, it'll be interesting to see those come out this week. I, I'm looking forward to that. So we can talk about something real on uh, playoff standings. Right. Riverheads still play at Buffalo gap this week. Uh, as Leland mentioned, we'll be there. So that should be an interesting game uh, for Stanton. They play draft. So being the opponent of Stewart's draft has not been good for your hey, COVID status, but Knock on wood. Knock on wood. No. We want these kids to play. I want them to we play, too, so I'm going to try play. to jinx it. Every team that's played draft has had COVID, so that won't happen now. But Wilson plays Fort. I don't know what you think a jinx is. <laughs> By saying every team has, it means that this week it won't happen. So You're shedding the light on it. <laughs> right. Um, Wilson plays at Fort. That should be a... A rather crucial yeah, victory for Wilson. Yeah, it looks Wilson. like one-sided matchups for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a Gap is kind of the best of those teams that we think are the underdogs in this mm-hmm. game, and that's why we're going to that game. Uh, they haven't had a lot of success since against Riverheads since 2008. They haven't beat them. Um, even there's been some other years where both these teams are 4-0 or, you know, one loss, and, and it's it's been Riverheads winning them. So um, it, it, here's their next chance. You know, it, but I, I caution Gap. This can't be your Super Bowl. You can't. You can't come into this game. I remember, I think it was it was maybe 16. I think it was that 2016 game. It got delayed to Saturday and uh, from a Friday night. And Riverheads just came out and just whacked them, just completely whacked them. And you could just see all the players sitting on the sideline after, like, they really thought that was, like, their golden game of the year. You can't have that reaction at this game no matter what happens. you gotta, you got to be ready to move on because there's a lot more to play for in the district and, and playoff seating. So I, I, I think that I think those two re- rivals with Riverheads kind of dominating that rivalry recently. I think gap needs to not really let that weigh on them. And I, I hope coach Y gets handling that the right way because playing with that extra pressure, I mean, they just got to go out and play against a hard team and, and play well. And uh, I think that's, they came out ready to play last week. I know Riverheads is better than Waynesboro, but they just kind of, kind of have that same attitude, that same, that same feeling. Don't, don't, raise it up just because it's, you know, five-time defending state champion Riverheads that 
you went to middle school with. Like you gotta, you gotta let that weight not be over top of your head. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Waynesboro has a bye week this week and they're going to need it. They got some stuff to work on there. So um, moving on to volleyball though, it's a, it was a tough week for Ford Defiance, even though they're two and one on the week, they got swept by Rockbridge. They were in each of those games, but they just couldn't win any of them. And uh, Rockbridge swept the match, which for Ford Defiance, it continues to be their issue is with uh, Rockbridge. I mean, the other thing that stuck out to me this week is not uh, anything good for Fort, is that Fort, they lost a set to Buffalo Gap, and that was the first time they lost a set this season uh, to anybody other than Rockbridge. And so another highlight for Gap. We continue to come on every week with something positive to say about Gap. I want to see where that leads to, and uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, Riverhead's had the rough week, only playing one. Uh, and losing it to Wilson, uh, and Wilson's kind of established himself as that second-best team. We've been here before. Wilson's been there before. This kind of reminds me of also uh, girls' basketball season, where it's Fort and Wilson up top. Um, so, yeah, I it's still got a lot to play out. We still have, like, four weeks left of the season. Um, but, you know, I think everybody's kind of established where they're at, and uh, I'm interested to see how that folds into the postseason. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens is, as you said, as the postseason gets ready in the district tournaments, because right now it looks like Fort Defiance is going to be that top team in the district. Wilson, I think you're right, is the second best. But then Riverheads, Gap, Stanton, each one of those teams right now are kind of right there all in the same. And like you said, it was a big gap or a big week for Gap and Coach Ayers by taking a, a game against or a set against uh, Fort Defiance. If they can ride that, and that, that's signs of them improving, they have Stanton, they have Wilson. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe yeah. Gap can get in there and be that three seed in the district. Yeah, I, and Stanton, you know, you're talking about them bringing right there. They have a tough week. They got to play mm-hmm. Gap and Fort this week. So uh, we, you know, we could have opposite things to say about Stanton next week. But you know, Whitney Vaughn, they, she's had ups and downs there this season. She had that good run beating Broadway and TA. Uh, she kind of needs that again right now. <laughs> yeah, she's coming off a week where she beat Draft and Waynesboro, the bottom, the teams below them, and now here's Gap and Fort, two teams ahead of you. Uh, it'd be great to knock one of those teams off. So uh, there's there's an opportunity for Stanton. This is a Stanton team that's not that far removed uh, from some great success uh, with uh, Coach Williams there and uh, and her daughter playing so well there. Uh, so you know Whitney has some tradition she can build off there. All right, well let's move it over to golf. We did not talk about the Shenandoah District Tournament results. We're going to do that now. In golf, Wilson Memorial wins the District Tournament in golf, so they will take the early lead in the Yak Cup by winning the golf tournament in the District. They just edged out the regular season champion of Stanton. Fort finished third. Draft finished fourth. Waynesboro fifth. Gap sixth. And Riverheads in seventh. But And, and Gap, and, and, and this... Yak Cup that we're talking about. We, in case you've missed it, we're adding up, you know, where you finish, and if there's a if there's a final district tournament, we're taking the final standings from that. That's that's what we're using for our cup. Uh, the regular season's nice. That'll just give you a good spot into the postseason tournament. Uh, but we're going to use a final tournament if one exists for each sport. Um, and then, but this kind of shows why we're only doing district stuff because here's these seven teams and. 
Gap and Riverheads are two of the three that only remain getting to play in the state tournament, have people involved in the state tournament. And they're the teams that finished sixth and seventh. So uh, this is why we wanted to focus on the district standings uh, for this Yak Cup and just see how these schools stack up just against each other and not use all that postseason success uh, that can occur for some of these other teams outside. Uh, and, and that's what's going on there. So Wilson with the early lead. And uh, I was kind of looking at things. Wilson's one of those programs, you know, athletic programs. They, it seems like. You know, they can pop up to a championship here and there, but they just kind of finished second to fourth in, in everything. And I think they have a good chance. I think this, this early lead in the Yak Cup uh, could be kind of foreshadowing what we see the rest of this year. It'll be interesting to see. We got the competition cheer coming up as well, cross country coming up. So it will be exciting. Yeah, Those will be the cheer. next two. I thought competition cheer was in the winter. I don't know why I got messed up on that. But yeah, it's coming fast and quick. The district tournament is the 16th. So I guess that's. Uh, we'll talk again before that. Uh, but, you know, Draft is a perennial team with competition cheer. Uh, they were they won three straight titles before last spring. Uh, they've been they were in the state tournament every year. Um, they didn't get to advance the state tournament last year because they took one last team. But Tammy Carter, I'm sure, has them back ready to go. And then Riverheads last year, they finished fourth in that, you know, class one, two combination that they have. Um, and they were the best out of class one to get that uh, spot. So, uh, yeah, we have some good competition cheer, and uh, we'll definitely be watching for that. That's I mean, it's fun. I mean, I know it's not like you and I go cover competition cheer <laughs> events. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they work hard and, and, and everything uh, for that. Uh, it's a, if people are unfamiliar with what's going on there, it's, it's not what you're looking at on the sidelines on Friday nights. It's, it's major, major action. So uh, hopefully everybody uh, – gets out there and supports their girls when they can, or at least uh, pays attention to the results there. Cause uh, we have some good quality competitions here in the area. Yeah. But, but that and cross country and volleyball actually will all be wrapped up before football, I believe. So uh, yeah, most of uh, vo- volleyball will go the longest out of that group. Uh, it'll go into November, but it won't, um, it won't end before football, before football's final final. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, and then maybe the regular season of football is over before the district tournament in volleyball. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it it's their playoffs get done faster, but they start the playoffs at the right. similar time. Okay, so um, yeah, they just they can get multiple games a week like football can. So. <laughs> right, but we'll be bringing you that as as yeah. the sports wrap up. And like Leland said, I mean, I think you know when we get into some of these other sports like volleyball or like. Uh, basketball is another one that pops in my head immediately where the team competitions aren't like golf where all seven will finish in a particular order in that tournament. Uh, It's, you know, volleyball is this team versus this team. And then the winners advance. That's where the regular season will use the seating as a tiebreaker then between those teams. But we'll, we'll we'll work out tiebreakers for the at cup. And at least there, you're only going to be probably talking about the difference of one point or something. So, uh, right. It's under yak rules, and so that means Riverheads gets bonus points all over the place, right? No, it means I will be deducting <laughs> points from Riverheads because Leland will be trying to give them points. So I'll have to try to – I'll be keeping an eye on Leland, making sure no added points get put on here. But right now, Wilson is the leader in the clubhouse, uh, to use the golf term. Uh, they, they won the district tournament, so they've got seven points. Stanton with six right now. They're in second. And, of course, as I said, I think it was Fort was in third. And so they are at five, and that's the top three right now. Yeah, we, we might hear early adjust. Uh, there might be – I'm thinking about a bonus point for the actual winner 
of the of the of the district. But we'll uh, try to get all our adjustments of how we're scoring things done early. I just I want to see how that plays early, and because uh, I want to make sure it's fair. But there's also a you know a, a, maybe a reward for actually winning the district. Um, so I think your reward we'll, is you got more points in that sport than everybody else. I think it's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see here. All right. Basically, so, Leland just wants football to get some bonus points because, again, he's no, a Riverheads. No, there's plenty of sports that Riverheads are not going to win the district. I'm not. It's not a Riverheads thing. It's a Riverheads thing. All right. Well, let's get – we're done with the A block. Let's go to the mysterious C block. So I got asked this week, you know, whatever happened to the C block, I want to bring a C block to, uh, you know, valuable listeners – and we're gonna have a C block coming up, but you know we're not gonna have a B block, so we're we're still still missing a block. All right, here is the C block, the unusual C block. <laughs> but let's get into it. Let's start with uh, college football, Leland. All right, let's do that. Week four, I want to look back. Yeah, Tech didn't play. That was the best part of the weekend (laughs) because I didn't have to curse at my TV. Um, Arkansas did not remember that they were supposed to play a game in Athens, Georgia. They lost 37 to nothing. Then the weekend got interesting. I was glued to my TV for that NBC game with Cincinnati and Notre Dame and my Bearcats. Did not let me down. They won in a huge, huge win, 24-13, in a game that, you know, honestly, the offense didn't look great for Cincinnati, but the defense played very well, uh, really kept Notre Dame off the board most of the, most of the game, and they found a way to win. Bama, they pound Ole Miss 42-21. Uh, I'll just go ahead and finish listing off these scores, and then I'll let you kind of talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll let you steer the conversation from there. Um, Clemson barely beats Boston College in a game that I just think Clemson is just not good, and I don't think they're done losing necessarily. Their Um, offense isn't good. Yeah. Uh, Auburn, they beat LSU in a comeback ball game in Baton Rouge that I did not stay awake for. And then Oregon, they lost to Stanford in overtime. So number three goes down in the Pac-12 where the Pac-12 is just its own worst enemy in terms of getting a team in the playoffs. (laughs) so i watched 12 hours of college football saturday and it was glorious i haven't had that in a while uh i've created three human beings that seem to get in the way of me doing such things and so i somehow the you know stars aligned and i was able to watch 12 straight hours of college football i watched game day most of game day before that we did go on an errand but um it was it was a heck of a day i watched every game you just talked about i i had on a tv for a long period of time and paid a lot of attention to all of them it was awesome i was disappointed that arkansas and georgia wasn't closer uh you said arkansas didn't show up i really watching as much of that game as i did i think it was really georgia imposed there i don't think it was just arkansas you know completely fell apart I mean, it didn't go well but it just seemed like georgia was just punching them in the face and then sitting on top of them and continuing to punch them in the face. It was Christmas story and Ralphie and Schwartz, just bright, bloody mess everywhere. Um, the Cincy game. I, yeah, I, you know, last year I, I kind of wasn't, I wasn't pumping Cincy because I just like my argument there was like, I don't think they're a top four team. And, and 
Um, you know, we're dealing with Notre Dame and Clemson and Clemson had only lost Notre Dame, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. We're, like that was what we were talking about. And so I just, I didn't really care about Cincinnati because it was just like, eh, they're outside of the top four anyway. Uh, of course, the final ranking still put Oklahoma in front of them and screwed them. But this makes it harder for them to get screwed. I'm not saying they won't get screwed. I'm not so stupid to say that. They're, they're still going to get screwed somehow, some way. Uh, but this makes it harder because they have a top 10 win. I don't think Oklahoma is going to have a top 10 win. So uh, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I don't know if Oklahoma will make it. They never seem to. They seem to always have a loss. And I, you can't tell me. The way I was talking to Dan this past weekend, I kind of look at they treat Cincinnati because they're not in one of the power five conferences as a loss. So they have to, you know, have a imaginary loss there to overcome. And this top 10 victory helps that. And I think if they're actually sitting there undefeated with that top 10 victory, it's just, it's going to be harder and harder for them to be screwed. We'll hit more of that in a moment. Coming back to the Alabama Ole Miss game. I went to that game just wanting to watch a good game. Really, and I had those. I had said stuff like, you know, let's see what Ole Miss can do, lighten up the scoreboard. It was a fun game last year. Um, Lane Kiffin had coached for um, Saban, so you know, let's see what we got. Well, when he did his little, you know, premeditated, get your popcorn ready, throwing the mic, being disrespectful to the to the the media in that situation, I was full Alabama. I was like, just pound on this guy. I hate Lane Kiffin. I already hated Lane Kiffin. I had softened on it, but that just brought all my feelings back from when he was at Tennessee uh, when Virginia Tech beat him then, and then he snuck out in the middle of the night. And everything that went on at USC, I don't like Lane Kiffin. This reminded me before the snap even happened, and so I was all Alabama from there. Never cheer for Alabama. I will say 21 nothing. I, I turned to seven. I was like, hey, this pulling for Alabama thing, uh, <laughs> I've never done this before. It, it's nice because they're actually good. Uh, it's not something I'm used to in a while. I, that's the it. I'm rooting against Alabama for every week on. But I just it, – it was – that was a blowout that I really liked happening as it was happening. I didn't. I, I had an investment that Ole Miss would keep it 14 <laughs> or less, and they did not. They came up I'd have hedged that short. bet. As soon as he said that popcorn thing, I'd have hedged that thing. <laughs> I didn't like that he disrespected the headset. That's expensive equipment. Um, I love that Alabama had that elephant in like a popcorn suit by the end of the game. Like somewhere. Oh, yeah. Someone's watching. Thing. Yeah. And like, I love it. I love that's the world we live in where the mascot on the sideline can take some pregame comments that are blowing up on Twitter and have it. I mean, I whew, loved it. Um, Clemson, their defense is fine. They only gave up 19 points. If their offense 13. could do anything and not, or yeah, 13, and not just give Boston College the ball with their backup quarterback in the great position so many times, I, yeah, I, it's not the defense's fault. It's not um, Venable's fault. It, it's, it's the offense. And I, I just cannot believe this quarterback's just not hitting receivers. Yeah. Uh, what happened to him? I don't know. And, and I think, I think for Clemson, it, it's something to genuinely be worried about. Um, al next? Although I'd say that, but you know what? I mean, this season's over, right? Like when they lost, their, their season was done. over. Their goal isn't an AC, uh, Atlantic championship or ACC. No, they were, they're here to win national titles. That's gone. Yeah, that's, that's gone. Because you lost to Georgia to start the year, and then you lost to NC State, and 
now you don't even control your own destiny, and I don't think NC State's going to lose. No. So yeah, they um, might, but it doesn't matter. They're not getting in. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, Clemson. Clemson has not been good, which is frustrating. That, like we talked about last week, it's frustrating because Virginia Tech isn't good. So, yeah, we should be taking advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I did stay up for the Auburn LSU game. It was good. And uh, I was watching a lot of baseball through that time, too. I, I, that's what started sneaking in on me with some of that baseball games. And, um, no, the Oregon game, that was fun. It was hard to see. I didn't uh, – Twitter was lighting up about that. Uh, this is the camera. I don't know if they took the right equipment to shoot a day game out in California, but yeah. uh, it was looking rough. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I did. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I was at my uh, the concert that I was going to, so I did not see it. But um, I think I saw the highlights and good for Stanford. Um, I'm glad they upset Oregon. It was the almost the perfect week for Cincy. If Iowa had been upset the night before against Maryland, that would have probably been the only thing that could have been better. But still a pretty good week for Cincy. So David Shaw, he's just going to stay at Stanford forever, huh? Like, he'd already moved on if he was going to move on. He's just going to be I think he's so. going to be the beamer of Stanford. Well, but Stanford's also not going to really do anything. Like, this is a good win for Stanford, but, I mean, they're not going to win right, the Pac-12. This year, they, yeah, this year. and that's, But, like, they've been up there before, and he never left. He's yeah, had, but they always have, like, two or three losses a year. I just – I. I don't know what you're trying to do with David Shaw. I, I think – I just – I'm surprised he doesn't – you see all these other guys take shots, so I'm just surprised he hasn't. Yeah, I, I think he's happy. Good for him. I think I'd rather be a good college coach than anything else anyway. So Yeah, good week for college football this week, though, too. Yeah, Arkansas at Ole Miss. That's the two teams that lost last week. Hey, one of them <laughs> can turn that frown upside down at noon on Saturday. Oklahoma and Texas, uh, that's a good rivalry. Uh, that's a chance for Oklahoma to go down and make Joe happy. That'll be good. Uh, Georgia, Auburn. I mean, after what I saw last week, I don't have a lot of faith in Auburn, but right. you know, it depends where that betting line is. If Joe, if Joe, where Joe's at on that one. And then, uh, Penn state, Iowa, that's the jewel of the weekend. That's the 4 PM game on Fox. That's number three versus number four. And that's going to, that's going to put one of these big 10 teams in the top four undefeated. And, uh, there it's going to be theirs to lose from there out. Yeah, it's going to be a great game at 4 o'clock. And then Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, of course, the nightcap that we're all looking forward to on the <laughs> ACC network. Um, but uh, Such a conundrum. Like, I just don't want this coach anymore. So, But I want to beat Notre Dame. I, it's, uh... No. Mm. Um, but I was not my number three. I think that four o'clock game could get like that, like the games this weekend. I think it could get so, out of hand. So we're not arguing one or two from this playoff. Because here in a couple weeks, they'll Bama, start talking about Georgia. playoff. We got Bama, Georgia. They both won two. No reason not to have Bama number one. That's fine. And they're going to play each other for an SEC championship. Um, so even before the playoff, we'll still see this. Um, so who you got three? I got Penn State. I do too. I like James Franklin. I liked what I saw the other week, but I also like the fact that they're going to be tested. I mean, they're going to have the, this game. They're going to have the Michigan game. They're going to have the uh, Ohio state game, which, you know, I know Ohio state's lost a game, but doesn't mean they're gone and they're still undefeated in the, in the big 10. So yeah, I, I like, I like them up there. I think they are deserving of being up there. Uh, you know, like we can split hairs between three and four, but like, 
I like them up there. I like them this week, and uh, I like them kind of being the top dog the rest of the way. Yeah, I do too. And so who is your number four, Joe? The Bearcats of Cincinnati. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm not arguing with you. I thought I think they're I the think fourth they're best better. team. I think it's without a doubt. I think they were better than they were last year. I think I would have still been hesitant about, you know, one loss Clemson. Um, if they looked real good this week and kind of got things going off, it's like, no, that's not there. They look worse. Um, you know, I, I know, I think Cincinnati has plenty of speed. Uh, they matched up talent wise easily with Notre Dame looked better in a lot of areas. Um, they had a lot of good push on the line and they have good skill players making plays. So, you know, where I'm hesitant to just, you know, take the, the darling from the group of five teams, uh, or group of six teams, I, I believe in them. And I, I wholeheartedly thought they were going to win that game. I think I said as much last week, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. I'm not arguing this year. And I think with what's happened uh, and what teams have shown in themselves, I, I, they're right up there with them. I'd love they're for not, Texas to take out Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I'd love for Texas to take out Oklahoma. Cause if Oklahoma goes undefeated, then they're going to put Oklahoma in, but they will, they will. Because Oklahoma will play, what is that like? Okie State is is has a decent record Oklahoma right now, State, I think they play them right, right at now. the end, and so they'll they'll put them up. And then they'll have a Big Twelve championship game against somebody who's not any good, but they'll beat Probably them, Texas. and they'll be like, "Well, but look at what they did. They won the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah. I I think, I, yeah, I've they'll totally the forget that they barely beat West Virginia. They'll totally forget that they barely beat Tulane. They'll totally they forget beat that Nebraska. they're that they barely beat Nebraska. They'll totally forget that their quarterback is a total loser dweeb. They, they will forget all of that. It'll be the names Oklahoma and the conferences the Big 12. And that they beat Texas one or two times. Yep. I, I, I'm not arguing. They, they will screw them. I admitted last year when they ended up having Oklahoma ranked ahead of Cincinnati at the end that it, that was a screw job. I, I'm not arguing the, the facts of this. Yeah. But I think Cincinnati has helped themselves greatly by having this top 10 win. And even if Notre Dame hopefully loses this week and gets worse, they, it's still Notre Dame. They still have that talent. And there's no names you can say Oklahoma beating that's going to make me think that's better than beating the name of Notre Dame. Because I actually think Notre Dame's better than any of those names you're going to say from the Big 12 teams. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not arguing. Nope, not this week. Uh, well, let's get negative. Let's talk about NFL. Okay. I don't know <laughs> what we're going to get negative about. Off. The Ravens were great. 23 to seven, big win. You, you should be happy. We Washington ran, won. we ran it on the last play of the game just to piss off the Denver coach. Yeah. I didn't love that, but I don't care either. It was a running play. You didn't score. You well, didn't, I'm like hardball. Okay. You cared about player safety. So you used all three timeouts so you could throw it into the end zone with under 30 seconds down 16. I mean, come on. Like, shut up. You you care because we got over a hundred yards at the at the end, and that's what yeah, I don't pissed you off. Yeah, I'm not worked up about that one. The football team won. Uh, that mm-hmm. Heineke, he goes all out. He'll be injured here in a week or two, but you got to love that he goes all out. Uh, the play of the weekend was that guy running in from 25, 30 yards out and yeah. diving for the end zone. It was a highlight. It was great. It was an important win. Had- it's it's not a good Atlanta team, but it's important that Washington gets that win. You don't want to be one and three, two and two. I can't remember who they play this week, but I actually don't hate the matchup for them. It's not a good team that they're playing. I, it's 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 just just to your right. They play. Oh shoot! Did I not put it? Yeah, they play the Saints. They oh, play the Saints. On yeah, CBS. Saints aren't impossible to beat. No, they lost last week, and they messed me up on my. Uh, that was my 
uh, survival pool pick last week. So wow. So Leland is out. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Over. And the one I was in with you is over. So I think that means Money's, Dave won then, unless he's Money out has, too. Char- Charlie Hustle won. Yeah. Because you and uh, Brad's significant other picked, uh, picked the Saints. How significant is she? Significant enough that uh, they have. She's in the fantasy pool. Yeah, but um, yeah. Let's get negative. Pittsburgh. I've laid off of it all season. I like the first win, but I think we can go back and check the tape. I didn't get too crazy about that first win. Uh, I was not optimistic that our offense didn't play well. Well, the three games since our offense hasn't played well, and it's really easy to see where the problem is. Is they have no deep threat from our quarterback. Every time, well, let me start with this one. Today, Mike Tomlin said in a press conference, when asked if Big Ben was the best option at quarterback on the roster, he said, yes, Big Ben is the best option at, uh, for us at quarterback. And he's right. He's not wrong. These other two guys are so terrible in practice and can't show anything better than what Big Ben is showing in games that they can't even take a shot with one of these guys and even just try to modify the offense with a quarterback that can actually get away from the offensive line that's letting everybody through, you, you don't even have that option. You, you got Rudolph, terrible. I, it's just, th- this is the problem. It was roster management. So if every time your team has a quarterback and he's aging like the Colts did with Peyton Manning, yeah. like Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay, like Green Bay is trying to handle, and they're not doing a great job at it, but they are trying to play into the future, and what New England did with Tom Brady. We just named the three best quarterbacks in the last 20 years in the NFL, and all three of those teams are more committed to winning than pushing somebody's legacy down the road, and they're okay making tough decisions. Steelers haven't been, and they have been great at quarterback the last two years. And last year you could see it. It wasn't great, but it was getting the job done, and then it fell off, and that should have been a huge indicator that not that we have to replace Big Ben. Hey, if he retires, okay, we'll take it. I, I, I was saying that. I was saying, Okay, if he chooses to retire, we'll take it. But you got to have something ready. You got to have something else. You can't go into the next season with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback, is what that told you last year. And they do anyway. And this is what you got. And so then the people yelling for Cam Newton right now no, we don't want Cam Newton. If, you, if we wanted Cam Newton, we'd have in August. You need to have a young quarterback that's ready to go right now if that's the play this year. We're going to play Ben. So now everybody's thinking, okay, well, Ben will retire this year. And now, then we'll get Aaron Rodgers from the Packers and Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers are winking at each other on the side. I just, we got to start planning for the future. I don't think we have the pieces on that team. I thought, I thought better at this. I, I picked us to win the Super Bowl. I was wrong. I no thought kidding. we had better pieces. I thought our offensive line, the moves that they had made would work. They have not. I thought the defense would be, they have been absolutely terrible. They, I'm not going to try to say that they've been terrible, but I thought better than they've been. I, I think we're not a next-year Super Bowl team from what I'm seeing right here. And so if you can make a bunch of moves that includes Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's the route. I don't, I don't know if I even want that because I don't think that produces a Super Bowl victory. It produces a playoff team. I want to win five more Super Bowls, and that doesn't happen next year no matter what we do. So let's move on and commit to moving on this year. And we're going to have to ride it out with Ben, and we're going to have to suffer through this together. But – Let's also not finish eight and eight and get a 12th pick. Let's go ahead and finish four and 12 or how many games they play now? Four, four and 13. 13 and get a decent draft pick 
And of course, this is the year that there's no super duper quarterbacks coming. Spencer out. So Rattler, I, I great pick. <laughs> I would love it. That's who I want the Steelers to draft. That's exactly where I want that kid to go. I want him to go to Pittsburgh because I want to play him twice a year. You just created my nightmare. <laughs> I want to play that kid twice a year. I think I didn't want Willis from from Liberty. I was thinking I didn't want the kid out of North Carolina. And you, you just reminded me of who shot to the front of my list of who I don't want on this team. Oh, I'd love oh. it. Him. You can draft uh, Burmeister. <sighs> so many great options. Burmeister. I mean, come on. <laughs> I want the fourth pick. I don't, I don't want it. Burmeister. Oh, he's great. <laughs> not, not a fourth rounder. Have you not heard the coaches? He's great. He's got all that talent. Just they haven't unlocked it yeah, yet. They're pumping that optimism and publicly out there so we can grab onto it. Yeah, I I just I'm sorry I made such a horrible pick for my Super Bowl. It was blind optimism. Uh, this is what blind mother- optimism it was, gets you, kids. It was the homerest of all picks that I've ever done, and uh, I'm paying for it. Well, let this Karma be a lesson, just kids. Come up and bit me. Yep, this is what blind optimism gets you. But I think the other example that you could use is the Ravens. There are. You know, myself included. Yeah, they moved on. They moved, they moved on. on from Joe Flacco. They went with Lamar Jackson. They had that backup plan ready. And when they did, they went with it. Lamar Jackson got him in the playoffs after Joe Flacco got hurt. But Eli, they did it in New York, too. They did it. Well, but that hasn't really worked out for the Giants. Um, eh, at least they have a quarterback that they, like, have some options. They don't have Mason yeah. freaking Rudolph. No, the Steelers had no backup plan, which is a, no, a bad no. thing. Because this... This has not been something like this year, all of a sudden, Big Ben looks bad. Big Ben started to look bad last year. And the Steelers chose not to do anything about it. That 11-0 last year was the fakest 11-0 that anyone had ever seen. And even even during that winning streak, you could see it, and you were like, um... And then at the end of the year, it collapsed. The playoff game, it totally collapsed. And you were like, yeah, you probably need to do something else here um but they chose in a quarterback rich draft not to do that and they went another way and, and this is what happens when you do that well they got Najee harris and, and i'm not saying Najee harris is the worst well you signed like uh, first... who's that guy that the washington football team cut he's on your team now isn't he quarterback haskins oh yeah they're that's a community service let's situation. go with haskins yeah, they're, you know, educating the youth. I mean, he that's was in not... the Tony Dungy school, right? Yeah. Haskins. I mean, if Haskins was anything, we'd already be hearing his name. Let's see Haskins. Haskins. No. And then the rest of the year, then you go to Spencer Rattler in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your franchise quarterback for the next three years. Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you took me down and, and set me further. Um, the, the playoffs starting we're recording Tuesday night when this episode's coming out. So we're watching Boston up three to one on the Yankees in the sixth inning right now. And uh, you probably know y'all, y'all know how this ended, uh, but that's what we're watching. Uh, Joe hates both these teams, but how, how, what was the first bet you made when you, when you started betting on this game, mm-hmm. who, who are you taking? Boston. Boston. And that's who I'd rather have than the Yankees. Um, I know Boston has bought into the same, you know, satanic rituals that the Yankees have have done for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do 
prefer them to the Yankees. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I had seen Garrett Cole not look great in his last outing. He didn't look great tonight. Um, the Yankees have kind of – it looks like they're threatening here now, though. Evaldi's been chased in the sixth. But Evaldi had a pretty good outing. Um, and assuming Boston holds on and they play the Rays, I like the Rays to beat whoever comes out of this series. I like the okay. Rays to do it in, you know, three or four. I, I don't think that's going to go the full five. Before we get too far into those kind of discussions, I was disappointed we didn't get the four-way tie. I really, yeah. that's all I was rooting for Sunday. I was rooting for the Yankees and the Sox to lose. I was rooting for the Blue Jays and the Mariners to win. And that's, that's all I wanted in life. The Orioles did their part. I know they did. All right, so let's talk about your picks. You think Tampa Bay's beat neither one of these teams. Who do you have coming out of the AL? Uh, I've got the White Sox because I think the White Sox will beat the Astros in five, and I think the White Sox will beat the Rays in seven to get to the World Series. This isn't what I want because I don't know what I want. I guess want would probably be a Tampa Bay, and that's just kind of by default. Um, I, you know, I cheer for Steve in Boston, but I, that's that's tonight only. Um, but looking at things. Somehow just think Dusty Baker down at Houston is going to find a way to win this American League. They've just been that quiet, good team all year. I, no one's been talking about them. They'll do anything to erase the stench of all the cheating that happened. Including cheating. Uh, they only have, what, like two, three of those guys still on the team? I think they're doing I, – I, I just – I see them getting back to the World Series. That's, that's where I'm at. God, I hope. Not what I'm rooting for. But I don't know who I, the AL. I just got. I don't know. I, these whole playoffs, I'm struggling. I just. <laughs> but I, I, I pick in Houston. I, that's where my, if I my figurative money is going to go. Yeah. I think uh, with, with the injuries to the Dodgers right before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think that makes this the most wide open, play postseason this has ever been, because usually yeah. you have those one to two dominant teams that you can. Oh, they're probably going to get in the World Series. The Dodgers, even though they were a wild card, were that for me before uh, Kershaw's injury because just the pitching depth they had. I thought it'd be hard to, if the Cardinals didn't beat them in a one-game wild card. It'd have been hard. They'd be a tough out because of that pitching. Uh, but I still like the Dodgers to win the NL because I think yeah, I do too. I think they'll I beat too. the Cardinals. Then I think they take out the Giants uh, in five. I think that's going to be a great series. I like the Brew Crew to beat the Braves in four, and then I like the Dodgers to beat the Brewers in five. Yeah, and this is similar for me. I'm picking picking the Dodgers as well. I don't like that we're picking the same. Um, I that, that's where my mind is is the Dodgers. Uh, I'm rooting for the Braves. Uh, that was a team I think what two years ago when we started this podcast. I was high on the Braves and and what they were, and uh, I think they find a way this year where where things are becoming increasingly wide open. I think. I think they can. I hope. I hope they can find a way. But I'm. I'm. I think the Dodgers beat the Braves in uh, in the NLCS, and we'll have the rematch of the World Series a couple of years ago. Oh. oh no, we just watched a big hit from the Yankees. No, I needed that to clear the fence. Uh, oh, we yeah. just watched the play that you saw on Sports Center where the Red Sox took it off the wall and then threw it all the way home and tagged him out at home. Woo. I needed a Giancarlo Homer. 
This is live, live audio of a podcast. <laughs> God game. bless. Yeah, that's already <laughs> finished. But yeah, I, I really needed that Giancarlo Homer. Damn <laughs> it, Giancarlo. <laughs> but um, oh man, I was. Mm. Yep. Oh well. Uh, yeah. So I and then White Sox Dodgers. Yeah, I and I got Astros Dodgers. I'm gonna take the White Sox in six. Yeah, I'm taking Dodgers. I still, I like, I know they just lost Muncy. I know they just lost um, Kershaw. Kershaw, but hey, every other year everybody's complaining that Kershaw doesn't pitch well. They don't have to worry about. It. They don't have that weight on their shoulders. I don't know. They're just so good. They're just so loaded, and and they still have pitching depth. I, I just still got the Dodgers. Hate it. Last year I defended them, but they added a lot, a lot, used a lot of that money this offseason and added even more. And I, I'm not for them like I was. So I'm, my heart is with the Braves and Karen Cash, but my mind is with the Dodgers and Ryan Wiley, the guy from S2 Cognition. He's a big Dodgers fan, and we wow. argue intensely about that. And uh, yeah, that's where my brain is. Yeah. I think you're I, I don't think that's a bad pick. The only reason I picked the White Sox over the Dodgers is it's hard to repeat in baseball. Yeah. yeah. I'm not cheering for the White Sox. I I haven't dug into you on that. I, I don't like Larusa. I don't like Larusa so. either. I want those players to win. I had no problem with Larusa in the nineties, probably the two thousands, but I just don't I don't like him now. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for us here on the C block. Let's go into the D block. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the D block. Forgot that I'm supposed (laughs) to wait on me to talk there. No, forgot that I'm supposed (laughs) to be talking. So, uh, (laughs) all right. When we do a C block, it messes everything up. That's right. That's why we don't do that. But um, here in the D block, I do want to talk about what is dominating my life. And uh, what is dominating my life is that we celebrated my brother's birthday this weekend. So happy birthday to Brad. He is uh, not quite officially, but is rapidly approaching the big 3-0. So uh, it's big time for him. He's going to be 30. 30 and has a significant other. My goodness. I know. So things are... Pretty Pick soon he's going to yell him. at people to get off his lawn. I know. He's going to be doing that. He's not going to be um, able to watch 12 hours of college football his, every Saturday. His Dallas Cowboys got him a big win this weekend Ew. against the Carolina Panthers. He's loving football right now. Um, he uh, does also know that Justin Fuente needs to go, and um, he is kind of in that weird place where he wants Virginia Tech to win, but he also knows that if they beat Notre Dame, that that probably means Justin Fuente gets to keep his job, and he kind of doesn't want that. So, yeah. Happy birthday to Brad. We're, we're there together. Happy birthday to Brad. Uh, what's dominating my life is uh, the morning show is back. I think I talked about this previously, but I, yeah. I just wanted to freshen the conversation. Uh, it has Jennifer Aniston. It has Reese Witherspoon, and it has some Steve Carell. Uh, when they first were making the show, I was so excited for it. And then I watched the first season and I didn't enjoy it as much as others. And I actually don't necessarily 
recommend it to people. Like when people ask if we've seen it and if they haven't, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd recommend it because <laughs> it's just don't think it's as good as it thinks it is. I think that's kind of my thing. I, I think they got a lot of good people. I think they really try to make some dramatic stuff happen, but like, I just, I actually just don't think it's that great. And uh, we watch it. We'll we'll continue watching this season. We watch like the first three episodes of the second season, and I, I know we'll finish it out. But if it doesn't turn around, turn up. I mean, there was like what, like half of one episode in the first season that I liked, uh, and it was the very end. And it was like, okay, this is awesome. But then it kind of just took a nosedive uh, in between that episode and the beginning of this next season to make me not like it again. And so that's that's where I'm at. So it's not a recommendation this week. But it is back on. If you enjoyed it, um, it's back. So get on Apple Plus and watch it. But for me, not. It's it's just not my favorite. Yeah. What I know that you need to know. Turner Ashby looking for a boys basketball coach again, and normally we would just mention something like that and keep on moving. But this is going to be the fifth head coach in five years, and. Um, the sixth head coach in not too much longer than, than six years. Um, you know, Patrick Weller was the head coach there. He was there for starting his third season and he, he left in December of 2017 as the season was getting started. He, he left abruptly. And ever since then, it's just been one coach after another. Of course, the next one was John Woodrum. He came back after head coaching him previously, just filled in the void, finished out that season for him. And so no real hate there. And then they hire Marquise Woodard, he was only a there. He left for, uh, you know, a career move and, and coaching U.S. Basketball Academy in China. Uh, then they hire Brian Matthews, and they think they have their guy. And then he leaves after a year to be an assistant at Bridgewater, which, I, again, is a is an upward move. But you would have hoped you, <laughs> you would have could have held on to him longer than that and, and, and build something. And then you had Coach Shields, and I believe he was a TA alum. And you really thought, okay, this could be our guy for a long time. And he just resigned this week. And it's October and the basketball season starts uh, at, in November. So it's, they're in a tough spot. So they've had a lot of coaching upheaval there. Um, haven't got any kind of a program consistency there. I think only Brian Matthews. I think he was an assistant under Woodward. But uh, other than that, no real consistency for anything more than, you know, two years. And uh, even that was just a partial of that. So I feel bad for that program. Uh, Donnie Coleman, the coach that had been at East Rock for football, he's the TA out or the, the AD out there now. And uh, so we'll see who he's able to get in that spot. But I just hope for the sake of those kids, they, they can get somebody in there that will stick around a little bit. I'm not saying everybody has to stay 20 years, but uh, it'd be nice if someone could stick around, you know, for a, a nice little five-year tick here and, and kind of stabilize thing there at TA, with it, which is a place that's had some really solid basketball. We talked about the Valley District. Uh, what you know, Stanton High School's done there, and Harrisonburg High School and Spotswood uh, more recently um, have done in that Valley District. TA is kind of one of those teams that's always battling, and, and they're usually never on the bottom. And and they they've taken the downward turn because of so much upheaval. So uh, I hope for the sake of the of the Knights up there that they can get things stabilized. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's hard to win and and be yeah. successful especially at the high school level with young kids when, when you got a new coach every single year. Um, I mean, they make that excuse for, for pro quarterbacks. I yeah. Mean, they, so it's, they it's hard that. on high schoolers, but yeah, you know, I, like you said, not all of them have been through the fault of TA. I mean, some of them have been, you pick the right guy yeah. and somebody else liked him. So 
uh, that yeah. that always stinks, no matter what the reason. But I'm um, hoping the next guy at TA can can be there for the long haul. The first one I mentioned and the last one I mentioned, the, the one that kind of started this run with uh, Weller, who's, who's in the area. He's, he's a golf coach at Riverhead. So, um, you know, obviously nothing too terrible. He was also he, there he for three years. I mean, it's not nothing. He was there for three, but he left in December. That's what I didn't yeah. love about that story. And I, I don't know the detail. I'm not going to claim to know the details, and I'm sure personal reasons, and fine. But that's what started all this. And now we get another coach leaving in the middle of a school year uh, right on the doorstep of a season this time. And I just – I don't, I, I don't like those two the most, you know, those are the two that I'm like, ah, that really stinks for these kids. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can get somebody that at least, you know, is in a position where they can maybe lock in for a couple of years before, uh, before moving on. Yep. Do you know anything that I don't know or do I, do I know it all? I don't, not this week. I, I feel like I know we're on the same page because I went back and I listened to that uh, the, you guys called the game on Friday without me and I felt left out and I just wanted to be with you. So I, I came back and I watched the guy, I got it all lined up on an FHS feed and listened to you and Chip call the game and it, and it, it just made me feel closer. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. It's nice that, uh, someone wanted to be close. <laughs> <laughs> so, for our listeners uh, that might have yunnins in the car, we're going to say, hey, make sure you're subscribed and follow us, and we'll see you next week. For those of you that maybe aren't running a business with this plane in the background or, you know, um, have yunnins on the car, we're, we're going to warn you. We're going to have a little, you know, late-night yak here. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a subject matter that is – there's no way of talking about it without referencing uh, themes of an adult nature. So, hey, if you're not in for that, cut us off. There's no cussing coming. It's just subject matter. So for those of y'all, we'll see y'all next week. But for those of y'all sticking around, it's time to talk about Urban Meyer. We, we tried to avoid it all we could. And Urban Meyer, they're talking about his job now. And we got to talk about this. So what did you text me Saturday evening? He's Saturday having a weekend. Night? Urban Meyer's having a weekend. Urban Meyer is in, they play Thursday night and they fall to the Bengals in, in Cincinnati. So he's already in Ohio and he just goes up to Columbus where he owns a bar and he goes to his own bar. And, um, you know, the family that he has left, I think two jobs for to be closer with, they're not there. You know, he's not at dinner with his family on Saturday night. He's not, you know, following the rules that he gives his kids on how he's, how he public, you know, the public, that, that's the thing here. It, that's, that's, that's why I bring this up. It's public list that urban Meyer has made commitment to his kids and the public comments that he's committed to his family. Uh, but he's not hanging out with them Saturday and he owns a bar in Columbus. And so he's at that bar. And so even just on the surface there, he owns the place he's there. Okay. He's not just at some, some little bar, uh, for no good reason. He, he owns the place, but hopefully everybody here knows what's happened, but you know, then he's, he's in a situation where he's getting attention from people much younger than him. And I'm not going to imply that the people that were giving him attention uh, were anything less than thrilled to be in his company. They, they seemed very happy to be around him. Uh, they, you know, couldn't get any closer than, than they were, uh, you know, publicly with him sitting on a bar stool and uh, them rubbing it right up to him. And all I really have to say, I don't, I don't say you got to fire this guy. What I say is, Urban Meyer, 
you got to keep yourself out of that situation. You can't even be close to that situation. And there's plenty of people on this earth that can't be in that situation, that never get in that situation. So I can't understand how Urban Meyer couldn't have avoided being in that situation. You cannot have what appears to be a college-age girl, but no matter what, a much younger girl that's not your wife mm-hmm. rubbing up on you in a public place. It, you just, it can't happen. You can't have it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the he's married and he is having that kind of situation with a person that's not his wife. He's a leader um, of a football team and he's a very public guy that's mm-hmm. family first and yeah. the whole image that the Jacksonville Jaguars have latched onto that that is the opposite of that. I think also it's something he would criticize his players for if they were in that situation. Um, yes. And so I think this is just one of those situations that for Urban Meyer, um, this is not going well for him. Uh, it turns out that guys who are great college coaches because they're you know dictators at the college level and no one is going to challenge or question them at that college or that school. Um, turns out that doesn't translate well to an NFL locker yeah, you can't room. Just roll right into an NFL locker room. Yeah. yeah, it turns out that doesn't translate well to an NFL locker room, and uh, so th- that's kind of already backfired. You add in this, and I don't think this individual situation is going to hurt him with his players necessarily, because um, I don't know how much that matters to him, but. I will say they probably don't love the don't be out and embarrass the team talk that they get all the time and then him be in a situation embarrassing the team. That's probably yeah. the part of the situation that bothers them because they probably hear, hey, you know, we're losing. It's not about having fun, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I hate losing, blah, blah, blah. It didn't look like he was hating losing in that. And like yeah. you said, for a guy who has left every job, because of, you know, suddenly I want to I want to be with my family and spend time with my family. And all of a sudden, you know, he has a long weekend that he could spend with his family because his team played a Thursday game, uh, chooses not to do that. So that's interesting. Um, I, I just and the, I mean, you had a point in there, too, where, like you say, you can't just be that dictator. you can be in the NFL, but like, you got to earn it. You know, you, you, Belichick wasn't Belichick. Yeah. But I think even you see that at Belichick, I think you're seeing that with Belichick that, that, that wears in it wears, but Tom Brady and Gronk left for a reason. It wasn't because of the cold, but plenty of guys jump into that. Randy Moss went there. Plenty of guys for a year or two need to get knocked around a little bit. Know that they need a little stabilization. They'll, they'll go to him, but he's earned that. And, and not just with winning New England. He was a respected coordinator before that, but also failed as a head coach before New England. It didn't just work automatically as a head coach. He, he failed it at um, Cleveland. It wasn't doing well. And, and so he eventually got there. But Urban Meyer just can't jump in and fix everything the way that it was you know, told to us that that was going to be. And, and this style and this, you know, huh, just you can't, you can't preach – that you're better than everybody else and then act the same or worse than everybody else. And it, it just, it's not the same image. It's not the same thing. If I'm USC where everybody has or Meyer, Hey, he, he wants to quit Jacksonville to go coach at USC. Now they're turning around. Jacksonville just better hire fire him now. And that'll just let him go to USC. I, if I'm USC after I have a coach who's 
you know, Lane Kiffin, and a coach who's <laughs> uh, has alcohol issues with uh, Sarkeesian. I, I don't want I don't want this right before I go after a guy like this. I I back away. There's got to be better guys with that USC job than Urban Meyer. Are you I, kidding? I just I'm not I'm not on the Urban Meyer train whatsoever. Oh, I'm I don't not like either. Him on TV, and I don't like him as head coach. And I, I would love it if he would just go spend time with his family and we could stop seeing him. I, I'm not on the Urban Meyer. I wouldn't be on the Urban Meyer for my college team bandwagon because I don't want the four years of probation that's going to follow when he all of a sudden leaves yeah. for family reasons. Yeah. But um, you're kidding yourself if you think USC wouldn't hire him tomorrow if he was available. I just wouldn't. I'm not saying they won't. I'm saying I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him as my head coach. The same way that I've said other guys in the past, I wouldn't want him as tech head coach. And you argued with me. And since then, we have found out I was right. Yeah. I wouldn't want Urban Meyer if I was USC. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying I wouldn't. Yeah. I just, I think USC would hire him tomorrow. So I get what, why you're saying what you're saying. And I agree with well, you. Well, USC but... can keep being USC, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, they I can think have they'll him win. for three years. And then, and then, yeah, they'll be good for those three years. They might even win a national title, but then they're going to have four years of probation. So. All right. Well, that was the yak late night. That's about as blatantly uh, non-family as we get on this podcast. And I, I, I think we kept it in the rails there. I just, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I didn't want to talk about it. I had no plans to talk about it until people actually were talking about insiders and no meetings been meetings. that don't have anything to do with the upcoming game. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to talk about it and uh, we'll get back to normal programming next week on the Axe Sports Podcast, and make sure you're subscribed and follow us and interact with us so that you guys can be right with us. If we've said anything that you blatantly disagree with, argue with us on Twitter. If you want to know why we didn't do a B-Block, ask us. We'll, we'll interact with you on Twitter. Hey, I had lunch with my mom, that, and she asked, what is the C-Block? And I, that's when I knew we, we got to have a C-Block at some point. So all you got to do is buy me lunch, and, and we'll you can – dictate how the show is produced um also you know being my mom kind of helps too so all right so we'll get out of here for this week we'll be back next week and we'll talk plenty of high school sports next week as we have some uh solid matchups this week but some even better matchups next week to preview and we'll do that then and we'll talk to you next week here on the exports podcast you've been listening to yak sports your augusta county sports podcast